You're listening to Wait On Purpose Podcast, the show for single women who want to overcome emotional discomfort with being single, understand the fear of being alone, and transform it to self-love while celebrating this season with joy, purpose, and passion. Each week, we'll explore topics on how to optimize your season of singleness and become who you want to attract. Now, here's your host, Tracy Noel, the introverted empath. Hey loves, this is your girl, Tracy Noel, and I'm here with another episode of Wait on Purpose, a podcast created to empower women in overcoming emotional discomfort with being single, understanding our fears of being alone, and transforming it to self-love, all while celebrating our season of singleness with joy, purpose, and passion. I believe that single women will bring on massive growth and healing by focusing and optimizing the core four areas of our life, health and wellness, finances and career, interpersonal relationships, and our connection and relationship to God. So today I wanted to pour into my interpersonal relationships and connect with women who I feel are walking boldly in their season of singleness. As I stated before, I wanted this podcast to be more than just what I've learned and what I'm going through or my experience. Um, Because although I learned a lot of things from my experience, I have also learned so much from other people and their stories and just how they show up in the world. So every so often, maybe once a month or twice, I want to introduce a powerful and phenomenal woman who I feel walks in her divinity and personal power and just embraces her season of singleness and her womanhood. And I feel like she's building her queendom um, from all the stones that may have been thrown at her in life. And she's doing it with grace, making it look very easy. So today I met um, today's guest in Black Women Promote, which is a Facebook community created to advance the cause of Black women in business. Um, and also to foster relationships among a group of creative, innovative, and intellectual women. And my next guest is creative, innovative, and intellectual, and I was immediately intrigued by what she does um, to help heal and serve others. So we're going to connect with her in a minute, but just a little bit about Um, Laverne is that she is a hypnotist, (laughs) a voiceover talent, editor, and confirmed bachelorette. She's very passionate about using her God-given talents, um, including her calm and melodious voice to enrich the lives of others. She has a bachelor's of art in English from Rutgers University. I would like to welcome Ms. Laverne Henderson. How are you today, love? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you for connecting with me today. Um, And I would like to start this off by asking, what's something that you are celebrating and that you are proud of at this moment in your life? I am proud that I am about to enter a new chapter in my life. I'm 60, I'll be 63 years old soon. And I plan on retiring by the end of the year. So for me, having worked 40 plus years, this, you know, I'm celebrating that. And I've had a couple of careers during that time. And that's all well and good. 
but I'm so looking forward to retiring and just having more control of my time and my life and just being able to live my best life. So I'm celebrating uh, being a, a soon-to-be retiree at this point. Awesome. And that sounds like a new chapter. And they always bring on this sense of excitement. So congratulations on that. Thank you. You're welcome. And um, like I mentioned before, um, what you do is really intriguing to me. So what is hypnosis and what is the, uh, the holistic approach to it? Okay. Hypnosis is a very natural state. And all it is is accessing the power of your subconscious mind and coupling that with the power of your imagination to visualize a better life for yourself. And I love hypnosis. I was drawn to it a couple of years ago, actually, and I started out by watching YouTube videos just to get a feel for, for what it is. And I found that a lot of the videos were more what I call entertainment in nature, you know, where you might, where you would have a stage hypnotist in front of an audience and he would just randomly call people up and, and, and maybe have them, you know, go into a trance and bark like a dog or cluck like a chicken. And that's all well and good, you know, for entertainment's sake. But what really drew me to it is the holistic healing property of it. Um, it's holistic because it, it doesn't involve any medication or any outside stimuli or, you know, you don't have to take anything or do anything. It's mm -hmm. just a matter of relaxing and uh, turning inward, if you will. We, we have two parts to our, our mind. We have our conscious mind and we have our subconscious mind. And some people call it the superconscious mind, but I prefer subconscious. And basically, our conscious mind is where 10% of our memory is stored, only 10%. But that is what we do every single waking day. That's where all of the rules and the regulations are stored. We know how to function in society. We get up every morning, you know, we take a shower, we brush our teeth, we go to work, we go to school, whatever it is, is we have to do. We're conditioned and we're trained to function on a day-to-day -day basis. Okay. But then there is the subconscious mind, and that is where 90% of our memory is stored. Everything that happened from the time we could remember, you know, any childhood trauma, any childhood triumphs, any adult triumphs, you know, every, any event that had a major impact on us is stored deep within our subconscious mind. And as a hypnotist, if someone is dealing with anxiety or they want to stop smoking or they have a phobia of flying, and in my case, I suffer with insomnia sometimes, mm -hmm. I help that individual relax their entire body from head to toe because we all carry a lot of stress in our neck and our shoulders. Some people clench their teeth. Uh, some people, you know, tap their feet or shake their leg. You know, it, it's all stress. So the hypnotist has techniques to use to help you totally relax your body mm -hmm. from head to toe. And once you're totally relaxed, they or I would speak directly to your subconscious mind 
to find out number one, what causes your, you know, what, where does your first episode of anxiety come from? When did you first stop, start smoking? And why did you start smoking? In my case, why is it that you're having trouble falling asleep at night? I already know the answer. It's because I want to be retired. <laughs> and I'm tired of working. But anyway, that, that's, I had to throw that in there. There's nothing physically wrong with me. Or, you know, I, I just, I, I'm just done with working. But anyway, back to my uh, uh, lesson on hypnosis. But whatever it is that first sparked um, the issue that you're dealing with, the hypnotist is trained to speak directly to your subconscious mind to get at the root of what it is that, that first started this, and then to help you turn that habit around. It generally takes about 21 days to, to change a habit or to start a new habit. So we recommend that a client schedule three one-hour visits over the course of a month or 21 days would be ideal, but that's fine. If it's over the course of 30 days, that's fine too. And we basically have sessions with you and we talk you through it and we have you visualize yourself not smoking or not being afraid to fly or whatever the issue is. And in my case, with the client's permission, I record, I record, I make an audio uh, MP3 file of the session and then I email that to them after the fact so that between sessions they can listen to that tape and kind of reinforce everything that happened because, you know, hypnosis is like a trance. You, you're, you're fully aware and your subconscious mind will always protect you from doing or saying anything that you don't want to do or say. Uh -huh. And I always give an example to people, you know, once I have you in that trance, very relaxed state, if I were to lean in and say, now, now, what is your social security number? Your eyes are going to pop open. You're going to look at me like I have three heads. I, exactly. So it's not going to happen. So for people that feel that hypnosis is mind control or that it's evil um, or something to be avoided or new agey or something, not so at all. All it is is a natural, holistic modality to help you um, improve your life. And and people, you know, sometimes people, um, be if you're a Christian or, or whatever deity you believe in or pray to or meditate to, that is another example of hypnosis. I tell people that all the time. You know, it, in it, at some point during the day, I would say 80 to 90% of the people are in a state of self-hypnosis, mm -hmm. you know, and, and a perfect example would be if you're driving in your car, and your mind is a million miles away. You're thinking about something that happened or something you have to do today, or you're wondering or you're worrying. And before you know it, you miss your turn or you miss your exit. That is an example of self-hypnosis. Right. Or if you're in prayer or meditation when you're silent and you're focusing on something or you're imagining or visualizing and you're really, you know, earnestly, you know, into that mindset, that is another example of self-hypnosis. So as you can tell, it's a natural state, number mm -hmm. one, and it's not going to hurt you, number two. It's just, you know, how you use it. So... That is what drew, I know that is a long, drawn-out answer, but that's kind of what drew me to hypnosis. And, 
and and I I I just I I, did, I love helping people number one and working with them one on one number two, and I just think it's a perfect way to to help people improve their lives. Yeah, and the answer is actually perfect because it shows just how passionate you are about this, mm -hmm. um, and everything you've said has really shifted my perspective. Because like you said, when I think of uh, a hypno um, a hypnotist, I mm -hmm. automatically think about, you know, the person on the stage making people bark like a dog. And so, right. <laughs> <laughs> a lot um, of people do, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really refreshing to hear um, the holistic approach to it. And especially a woman of color introducing that um, back into, you know, society. Because like for me, um, hypnosis is something like meditation like you said it's like this practice that is very holistic and um, natural um, but it's like it has been kind of stripped away um, mm -hmm. from us due to the evil connotations of it and so it's just really refreshing to see you bringing that back in such a, a powerful and holistic way that it's it's healing people you know it's it is, it is. so yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you for letting God use you in that way. Um, what are you most grateful for? I'm grateful that I don't have any regrets, I think. You know, as a, as a, uh, I don't like the word older, but as a seasoned woman, <laughs> I, I made, I made some, some major, major decisions throughout my life, you know. Um, and, and I can look back on those decisions and I can see how they, you know, led me to where I am now. And don't get me wrong. Sometimes I do wonder, well, what if I had chosen this or done that instead, where would I be now? Mm -hmm. But then that's just a momentary fleeting thought and I immediately banish it. But I can honestly say that I'm grateful that I don't have any regrets on anything that I've done. Yeah, that's good. That's good. It's not fun to live life in regret. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's good. Now, Laverne, I know you mentioned in your early 30s that you realized that you had the gift of singleness. And, mm -hmm. you know, I know a lot of women who don't feel this is a gift. And if it is, they <laughs> want to give it to somebody else. <laughs> they want to re-gift it, right? So I, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so please explain, like, how you how did you come to that realization that this was a gift? and do you think that you would eventually want to commit to someone for a lifetime? I'm curious to know. Okay. Um, back in my uh, early 30s, I, I, I joined the church. I was, you know, I, we would go to church as, as children, but I never really made that commitment until I was an adult. Mm -hmm. And I was driving, I was in the, going to the grocery store in my car, listening to a Christian radio station. And they were talking about the gift of singleness. And my eyes perked open and I sat up straight and I said, that's what I have. Yeah. Because I, I never heard the term before, but I fully, fully embraced it at that moment. And I remember uh, reading the Bible and um, I don't know where it is in the Bible, but there's some place that said uh, being single is really a gift. It may have been Paul 
saying it, that when you're single, you have more time to serve the Lord and to do his work. Whereas if you're married or you have a husband and children, then your family obviously is kind of your mission field. You know, they're your first priority. Even though the Lord is first, you still have to take care of your family. And the time that that takes kind of takes away from the time you have to really, you know, do things uh, for the Lord and, and his uh, in his mission field, if you will. So I always knew um, I'm the oldest of four. And from the time I was uh, in my early teens, I was the babysitter for my younger, younger siblings. And, you know, and when my mom went back to work, you know, I had to babysit. Um, she would get us to school in the morning, but I had to make sure we all got home and started homework. And then I had to start dinner. So from the time I was a teenager and through high school, I had a lot of responsibility, you know, growing up. And I learned through that, that this is not an easy life, you know, and that even if I wanted to get married, um, taking care of a husband and then having children, I just deep down knew that it was not going to make me happy Mm. and I wasn't going to feel fulfilled. And then throw in the fact that I'm an introvert who needs peace and quiet and serenity, just like she needs air, you know, so I knew that it was just going to be too much for me. And so I already, those seeds were kind of already planted. And then, you know, fast forward to when I was in my thirties and I heard that radio program and I said, that's what I have. I have the gift of singleness. I am most happy by myself. I enjoy my own company. Um, I can always visit friends. I have, you know, I, I'm, I'm an aunt to my, my nieces and nephews. I'm even a grand aunt at this point. And I love that role, you know, but just having that constant in day in and day out interaction and all that that entails, for me, I knew that, you know, I'm not cut out that way and it wasn't going to make me happy. So I fully embraced the gift of singleness in my early 30s. And as I said, I'll be 63 soon. And I don't regret it for a second. Yes, I do wonder, like I said, I'm like, oh, if I had children now, they'd be this old. And I wonder how they'd be doing. And if I'd have grandchildren. And then I quickly banish it. <laughs> well, you made that decision. Did you really want to get to that, you know, go through all of that in the beginning? And I'm like, nope, nope, nope. And then I'm fine. You know, it's just a momentary fleeting thought and a little smile, you know, comes to my face. But if I had it to do all over again, would I have gotten married and had children? Absolutely not. Because I know, you know, you have to know yourself. It's 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 amazing. You know, be true to yourself. That's all. That's the best advice I can give anybody. You know, once you know who you are, you know, don't let anybody or anything try to dissuade you from following your own heart so and I love that (laughs) yeah and I love that and you know like I say we're all on this different journey and we are it doesn't look the same so I think some people think that a woman's only purpose is to be this wife and to be a mother Mm, so to hear your perspective on that kind of eliminates that guilt that some women carry like they just don't feel like that's what they should be doing and they shouldn't Mm -hmm. feel guilty about that right um Mm -hmm. so thanks for sharing that perspective I like that Um, no problem 
so I want to go into some of the questions. I know you chose five like random numbers before this connection. So I'm going to let you know what those uh, corresponded to the questions. Okay. Are you ready for that? I am. Okay, cool. So what are the primary components of a happy life to you? Hmm. Health. Family and friends. Mm-hmm. Hobbies or something that you're passionate about doing. Mm-hmm. And that's three. Did you ask for five or did you just say how no, many? The primary. Yes, oh, just the primary. Okay. So I would say um, your health, your family, and, and being passionate about something to me. You know, some people would say money or wealth or being comfortable, but money can't buy you a loving family. Money can't buy you health. Yes. And money can't buy you passion. So I'm not, I'm not even going to put that on the list. So, yeah. I totally agree. And how do you pour into yourself? Like there's like this internal cup that I think we have. How do you pour into yours and practice self-care and self-love? For me, it is being selfish, you know, um, <laughs> to take care of myself and, it goes back to, again, being an introvert. Um, I know when I can't socialize, you know, it's too, when it's too much for me. I, again, peace, calmness, and serenity are like air to me. I cannot live without them. And if I feel myself getting too busy or bombarded with requests to go here and do that and do this and come do this and can we do this, I learned very early how to say no. It's such a simple word, yeah. but for my self-care, and, and actually, you don't need an explanation after no either. That's the other thing, because that adds more stress when you try to justify why you said no. Yeah. You know, just say no. It, like, you know, the, it was a whole uh, smoking campaign or drugs or whatever it was, just say no. It works for me. So number one is learning to say no. And and that's selfish sometimes, and people take it the wrong way, and maybe later I'll give you an explanation, but if you really know me and understand me, you probably know why I'm saying no already, so you don't even need an explanation. So I would say learning to say no, um, for me, it's doing the things that I like to do. I love to read. I love to sleep, believe it or not, especially when, when insomnia kicks in every now and again. So taking a nap or um, making time on the weekend to sleep in, you know, whatever it is I need to do. And also a nice, long, soothing hot bath. Those are probably the three ways that I pamper myself. Love to sit in the tub. Some people do their thinking in the shower. I have to be immersed in, you know, warm to hot water where I can just sit there and, again, go into self-hypnosis and just analyze everything and think about everything and, you know, work out, you know, life's mysteries, at least the mysteries in my life or whatever needs to be sorted out. That that brings me the greatest joy, just sitting in a hot tub with the candles and the aromatherapy and everything yes. going on. Yeah. Yes. And I like how you mentioned that it's important to know your bandwidth and, and honoring your yes and no. And, and oh, I, yeah. and I really just don't know when, um, when we start calling it selfish to pour into ourselves and honor ourselves. Mm, I just really true. think, yeah, I think it's essential and I don't feel like it's anything selfish about that. But um, 
one thing you mentioned about rest. Um, I totally agree with that. But back in the days, I used to kind of be this busybody and very restless. Um, mm. I, I still am in a little, you know, a small way, but um, I no longer have the model, you know, I'll sleep when I'm dead. I, I totally yeah. understand. <laughs> Get your rest now. Yeah. I was going to say it, it shapes everything else in your life. If you're, if you're sleep deprived, nothing else is going to go right. I, I'm a living witness of that. Yeah, so. It's true. Yeah. And yeah. if I don't get it, I'm no good to myself, my children, or just the mm -hmm. world in general. So I totally get that. And um, so I'm curious to know, though, like, what did your last relationship teach you um, that you carry on to this day? It taught me to be true to myself. You know, it was, it turned, it, it started out, we were in the same state and then it turned into what would have been a long distance relationship. Um, I was moving to another state uh, for, I won't say what reason, mm -hmm. but I was fully confident that our relationship could withstand the separation. And I was met with resistance, number one, because I didn't discuss it with him at first, you know, and kind of get his approval, not approval, but at least discuss it thoroughly with him. And, but I'd already worked it out and it was good for me, you know, and again, that's, I guess that's where the selfishness kind of comes in. And I own it because it appears that way. But so that was, it taught me, and the relationship did resolve, obviously, but it taught me to, and I don't have any regrets about it either. That's the good thing. You know, if you're doing something for truly selfish reasons, I guess he would have had a point. But when I talked to him about it, my mind, in essence, was already made up. And I think maybe that's how he took it the wrong way. Mm -hmm. But it just it just taught me to be true to myself. And as a woman, we have to learn how to stand on our own two feet. And again, know yourself know what you want. Um, I hate to say it, but a lot of times men are going to live their best lives, yeah. whether they're married or not. Mm -hmm. They know what they want. They're going to have their hobbies. They're going to hang out with their friends. They're going to do, you know, whatever they were doing before they met you, you know, if they were into sports or whatever, they're going to continue to do that. So my thing is, why should the rules, if you will, be different for women? Right. And why can't we stand up and say, well, you know, when I met you, I, I was into painting or I was into dance or I always did this. So why do I have to change now and give up so much? So, you know, that relationship just taught me, again, be true to, to myself and, and, and as people like to say, do you or do me, you know, nobody else can do it. And, you know, the self care, all those questions that you ask are so, so crucial. So try very hard to hold on to yourself. Don't lose yourself in a relationship. And I think that's what it, my last relationship taught me. Yeah. And that's a really good lesson, a actual great lesson. And if, um, what okay so then what's one thing because i was going to ask you um something else but i want to switch it up here um what's one thing that you think every woman should have 
um, have in terms of what? Do you mean just, material things or just? Just in life, in life general. Like, what's that one thing that you feel every woman should have? Is it um, a mace or, you know, a budget or, uh, mm -hmm. you know, just something that you feel like every woman should have in, okay. in her life? I think, and I, I think I read this from my favorite author, uh, Maya Angelou. She's, she yeah. is deceased now. I think it was a quote from her that every woman should have <laughs> a black lace bra and a set of tools, uh, electric tools or something, and she should definitely know how to use the tools. In other words, you should, have, you should know how to be a woman and be sexy and alluring, but at the same time, I remember in my 20s, I made my cousin teach me how to change my own tire. And I got my first yes. car. Yes. A woman needs to know how to use a screw. Do you know the difference between a Phillips head and a flat head screwdriver, number one, and how to use them? Um, she, you know, and I think that's the best example right there. You, you got to know how to be a woman and act like a woman and carry yourself like a woman and be worthy of respect and adoration for being a woman. But if need be, you got to know how to fix your own flat tire or like you said, you know, have, have a, 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 a can of a mace or something or, you know, take a self-defense class. You know, don't be this damsel in distress either. Yes. You know, just because you're soft on the outside, you got to have that little bit of a steel core and, and know how to take care of yourself as well, if need be, you know. I love so that. That's the best advice every woman should have, I yeah, think. Yeah, I love, I love that. A lace bra and... <laughs> and a set of tools. And, know, of tools. and know, know how to use them, yeah. Okay, well, I'm set. I got both. Good. <laughs> and I know the difference... <laughs> Between, Between a Phillips and a flathead. And I a flathead. There you I go. Do. Yeah. Okay, so I'm winning. Um, <laughs> so what memory instantly makes you laugh? Like, as soon as you mm. think about it, you just... That's a good question. I, I'm drawing a blank <laughs> right now, <laughs> but I think I'll come back if we have we time. Could. I can't think of anything that makes me fall out laughing every time I think about it. I'll have to come back to that we'll one. We'll come back to it. Um, okay. Who is God to you, Laverne? Wow. God is everything to me. Um, he is my sustainer, and he loves me. It's amazing. He loves me more than anybody else on this earth. So I never have to feel that no one loves me, that no one cares for me, that no one understands me, um, because I know he loves me. Yeah. And next to my mother, who is deceased now, you know, got, he's got me. You know, he's everything to me. I can talk to him about anything at any time, anywhere. He knows my shortcomings, my faults, and he still loves me. So I just think, you know, he's, he's everything. He's, he's, he's my lover. You know, I love him the way he loves me. And I can't imagine. I know before I grew to know him for myself, I would have this emptiness in my soul. You know, just, and I try to fill it with material things. And now that I know I don't have to do that anymore, I think we all have that hole in us and we need 
you know, they they say we 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 all need something or someone to love and worship, mm-hmm. who we feel will love us back. So, God takes that role in my life. He's my everything. You know, if if another person on this earth didn't love or care for me, I'd still feel loved because I know God loves me. Yeah. Yeah, that was beautiful. I love that. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for sharing. Mm-hmm. And another question that I wanted to ask you is, you know, it's, um, I don't know, a lot of people, there are so many dreams and goals that people have put on the back burner. Um, So what would you say is one of the most common reasons for people failing or just giving up on those dreams and goals that they have? Hmm. I would say letting the expectations of others, you know, cloud you or tell you that it's too difficult, whether that's a spouse, whether that's a parent, whether it's friends, doesn't matter, a sibling, doesn't matter who it is. But, and yes, it is hard sometimes when you're trying to follow your, you know, pursue your dreams or follow the path that you believe you're supposed to be on. But Listening to to others, I think, is probably the biggest reason that people abandon their dreams. And I'm sure finances, you know, there there are other reasons as well. But I, I just feel that if you just stay with it a little longer, you know, and even if it has to take a back burner for a short time, never let go of your dreams mm-hmm. entirely. Because I feel that when you get older, you're you're going to be resentful, mm-hmm. you know. And you're going to have regrets. And that's that's not a good way to live. A lot of people do it, unfortunately, and for good reasons, you know. Yeah. But it, it hurts sometimes, you know, to do that. Yeah. And it's, and it's very easy to give up at the first sign of failure and kind of go back to your comfort zone. So, mm-hmm. um, and I also just agree just, you know, also just having a very deep and powerful reason why you are doing something will, will kind of keep your head and your heart in. And even when you do feel like giving up. Um, so how, how do you stay focused on your dreams? Like what is it that you do or what do you pull from um, to help you stay and keep going when you feel like giving up? I think it is knowing that, I consider myself a lifelong learner, number one, and we should never stop learning and having that wonder and wanting to try and and do new things. So for me, and and I mentioned earlier that I've had different careers. Um, I I worked at a radio station when Mm. I first got out of college. I was a radio newscaster and totally loved it. I worked in human resources for about 15 years. I currently work as a an editor. And I also have, in between those two jobs, I, I did voiceover work, which I absolutely love. Now I, I became a certified hypnotist um, a little over, probably a little over a year ago. And I'm also learning to become an investor at this point. I am going to be investing in foreign exchange, not in the regular stock market, but in the foreign exchange market where we 
uh, trade on the different currencies, such as the U.S. dollar, the Canadian dollar, the Japanese yen, the Great British Pound, you know, all the different currencies around the world. And so I'm excited about that. And, and I just think it keeps me, it keeps your life full and exciting, number one. And it's always a good thing to have different skills and to learn new things. So that's what keeps me going and motivated. Wow. Yeah. And that sounds interesting with the foreign currency exchange. Um, mm-hmm. I, will, I would love to learn more about that as well. And maybe you can share uh, your journey with this so far, um, you know, in the near future. or when you I have. would love to do that. Yeah, yeah I'd cool. love to. Um, and so when do you feel the most confident and, and most alive in your life? That's a good question. When I am doing what I want to do, <laughs> when I'm doing, you know, what makes me happy and, and then I'm pa- I just signed up to take a ballroom dancing course oh, wow. in October. Cool. So yeah. I feel so confident, you know, just to, to just being able to do the things that bring me joy. So Love that's it. when I feel best, you know, when I'm when I feel fulfilled. And as women, yeah, it's OK to be a mom and a wife and whatever it else you whatever it else you whatever else you are but you have to save a little bit of time for yourself like you said you have to pour into yourself because if you are so run down that you have nothing that you're passionate about or nothing that makes you confident or happy guess what that spills over into your other relationships as well. And I, and I'm, I know it's hard and I'm probably not the one to talk because I am not married and I don't have a a spouse, but I, I just urge all women to try very, very hard to carve out a little bit of time for yourself, for what makes you happy, because believe me, it'll enrich all of your other relationships as well. This is true. This is true. Happy mother, happy child. That's right. What is it? Happy, happy wife, happy life. Life. I think men say, you know, if if the wife is happy, the whole house is happy. Exactly. And that's, (laughs) and and men know, men know that too. Right. It works. yeah. Yeah. Because we, especially as women, we kind of, we control the energy of our, of our households. And so. Exactly if our energy is off, then like you said, the whole household is off. So I, I truly am a huge advocate of self-care and pouring into yourself. Because mm-hmm. um, like I said, you know, it automatically uh, translates to all your other relationships. Um, and so lastly, I do share with my listeners um, ways to earn, save, and grow um, money or finances. So can you share one way you either earn or you, you save or grow your money? For me, it would have to go back to the biblical principle of paying tithe or returning a tithe to the Lord. That 10%, you know, that's, that's golden right there. Yeah. You know, if you got to pay yourself you know, first, well, actually, you know, if you're in that kind of, uh, Christian, you know, relationship where you return your tithe, that's fine. But if not, learn to pay yourself first. And that 10%, it's amazing. You know, it may seem like a hardship at first, but it really isn't, you know, and once you get in the habit of doing it, then yes, you can, you pay yourself first. And then 
whatever you have to do with that 90%, you'll, you'll find ways to stretch it and make it do, yeah. you know, because sometimes we have a, a, a tendency to just spend frivolously and have nothing to show for it. So, and if you can't do 10, do 5%. It doesn't matter. Just get in the habit of doing something and like you said, saving for your future or your retirement or whatever it is. Okay. Yeah, that's good advice. Um, it, and it's really hard to say, but like it you is. said, 5%, 10%, you can find, I mean, we spend that on, like you said, frivolous things. If we sit down and just think about all of the things that we buy throughout the week, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we can find that, we can find that extra money to save towards um, our future. So thank you for sharing that. Um, and I'm um, very curious as to, um, you know, usually when we think of hypnosis, it's something where we think we have to be in the same room across from um, Mm -hmm. the hypnotist. So how can someone who doesn't stay close to you use your services? I'm glad you asked that because hypnosis works wonderfully online. Okay. Uh, When you you think about it, um, we can do it on Skype or Facebook. Okay. Excuse me, FaceTime mm-hmm. or Skype, and if you think about it, if you're in, if you're even in person, you know, you're talking to the hypnotist, you're going through, you know, you're filling out the questionnaire, and and I'm doing the intake and asking you what the issue is, what you'd like to talk about, blah blah blah. But once we actually start the session, your eyes are closed anyway, you know, and you're just listening to my voice and to me, you know, guide you where you need to go and ask questions and, and you're using your imagination while I'm talking. And as long as you can hear me, you know, like I said, people, some people do it over the phone. I've never done it over the phone. I prefer to at least have the the video connection Mm -hmm. so that you can't, we can see each other when we need to see each other, but it works very well online. So I would, I would say, don't let that be a barrier. Um, And I'm very passionate um, to introduce it to women, especially, and women of color as well, you know, because a lot of times we don't make that time for self-care or to find a way to ease our stress and, you know, pain or whatever it is we're going through. So thank you so much for asking that question, you know, that it can be done online as well. Absolutely. And if I'm not mistaken, you also do like group sessions. So like, like a Tupperware party, it can be. Exactly. Now that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I call them hypnosis parties. Um, if you get together a couple of your friends and you don't, nobody really knows anything about it, I'd be happy to do that even online where I could talk to each of you about it and we could do a susceptibility questionnaire where you have an idea how susceptible you might be. Mm-hmm. And I also have an imagination exercise where I have you close your eyes and imagine different scenarios And then when it's done, you open your eyes and I quiz you on what you saw, what you felt, you know, what happened to you. And based on your responses, that's another indicator of how susceptible you may be for hypnosis. And all of this can be done online as well. Okay, great. Sounds good. And so someone wanted to um, inquire or find out more about your services, where can they connect with you or your website? 
Mm-hmm. My website is the first initial of my first name. My name is Laverne, so that would be L Hypnosis. I tried to keep it short and simple. So that's L-H-Y-P-N-O-S-I-S.com. Great. And I have a contact form there. You can leave your uh, name and email address and phone number, and I'll get back to you usually within 24 hours. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much for sharing your information with us. Um, The last part of our connection is what I like to call put inspiration on it. And Mm -hmm. I'll give you like a random word. And I'm curious to see how you can spin this word into something that's positive and motivating that we can leave our listeners with. So are you are you down for that? I am. I'm ready. Okay. so your word is water, water. Mm. Water is the source of life. You know, we we can go without food longer than we can go without water. I, I think the last time I read, it may have been two or three days, that you cannot survive without water. Mm-hmm. Our bodies are about, what, 70% water, 70, 75% water. Yep. Um, it's crucial to have water. Um, at the same time, you know, water is nourishing and it we need it for life. But water can also be very damaging and destruction, destructive and dangerous, you know, when you look at tsunamis or hurricanes or things like that. It, it's amazing. It, it, it's, it's a life force and it can also take away life. It gives life and it can take away life. So water is, it's one of those very special phenomena, you know, you, we need it, but at the same time, you, you kind of respect it and you may have a little healthy fear of it too. But even for me, I'm not an ocean person, you know, just looking at that large body of water, it, it's a little intimidating to me. Yeah. <laughs> so some people like the water, but I've never been a fan of large bodies of water. And I think it's just that, that having that massive res, uh, respect for the power of water. So that's thank how you. I'd spend it. Yeah, <laughs> You're very thank welcome. You. And thank you again so much for connecting with me. It's been a pleasure getting to know you. I know you came with so much wisdom and grace. So I appreciate your presence today. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a wonderful opportunity and my very first podcast. So thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And thank you all for joining me again for another episode of Wait on Purpose. And remember, this season of singleness is for a divine purpose. So I hope you find it and you continue to walk in your true divinity and personal power unapologetically. So until next time, peace, love, and light. Bye. Love this episode on Wait on Purpose? Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Until next time.